You don't get humility by trying to get humility. You come at it by indirection. Humility is obviously one of the clearest examples of the need for indirection. Because, you know, if you're, if you're trying to pump up humility, you know, I've doubled my humility this year. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. So we learn the indirect method, for example. We learn to serve another pe person. And when we do that, that's a focus on another human being. And doing that takes us off of ourselves. That was Richard J. Foster, and this is the Things Above podcast. My guest today, actually two guests today, but I want to mention the first one uh, is Richard J. Foster, and his name has been mentioned many times on this podcast. He is a renowned and highly regarded Christian author, teacher, former pastor. His book, Celebration of Discipline, which many listeners probably have read, is thought of by many as uh, the best modern book on Christian spirituality. So that is something. Some of his other books include Prayer, Freedom of Simplicity, and Streams of Living Water. He's the founder of Renovare. It's a Christian organization dedicated to helping people become more like Jesus. And Richard has done so many things in his life. And one of the things I'm most grateful for is his investment in me. And uh, he was my professor back in the day when I was just a young college guy and uh, learning about the life in the spirit and life in the kingdom and the disciplines and what a privilege and honor it was for me to uh, sit at his feet and learn and then to work alongside him. So uh, it's just great, Richard, to have you on the Things About Podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's wonderful to hear your voice and to be with you in this way. I'm so glad. Oh, it's just great. And also joining us today is Brenda Quinn. Uh, Brenda was a part of the, the book we're going to be talking about, Richard's latest book. Uh, Brenda is the pastor of spiritual formation at Living Way Fellowship in Denver. So, Brenda, welcome to you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, this has been exciting, Richard. I mean, we're going to be talking about your new book, which is Learning Humility, A Year of Searching for a Vanishing Virtue. And I was privileged to read this um, as it was coming out in the early form. And um, boy, it's just wonderful. And it's different than anything that you've written in, in my mind anyway. It feels, I mean, it was, it was, um, I just felt like uh, I was reading your journals. I was reading your, 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 as you're just kind of walking the way. But the question I ask every author I have on this podcast is, so why did you write this book? Well, that's a good question. Because, I mean, <laughs> who in the world would write a book on humility? And uh, <laughs> in our day, where a sort of raging narcissism uh, impacts everybody. But as I was looking around at our culture and people, I just begin to see, I mean, the contrast between the all through the centuries, the Christian centuries, uh, where virtue, where humility was seen as a just a stellar virtue, a basic, most fundamental virtue uh, for uh, the character formation. 
And uh, I, I kept wondering about that contrast. And then, uh, then back a few years, I was, it was New Year's Eve. <laughs> and I was thinking about New Year's resolution. Should I? Now, I mm. hate those things because I, <laughs> you know, they last about two and a half weeks for me at least. And, um, <laughs> uh, but but as I was just wondering about it, I really had that feeling, you know what it's like, of being addressed. Like mm. the Lord was saying, learn. It was just two words, learn humility. And I thought, oh, my, okay, this is for me. And so mm. that you're right. I began just simply, I had a, someone gave me a, you know, a little, it was a red <laughs> book. So I just started jotting notes and thoughts, and and uh, that's how it how it all began. And uh, and then along, I I began to think maybe there's some things here that that might be helpful to others. Mm. And uh, you're right; it's not any kind of writing I've ever done before. But uh, and that's why I brought about five, maybe six folks in to just think with me because I just thought, well, maybe this is just stream of consciousness, you know, experiential stuff and is just for me. But mm. as they big as Brenda and others wrote back and as I would do a chapter, I'd send it off to them. And actually this was a project that took us about three years. Uh, mm. Now we've condensed it into a one-year journal because who wants to buy a three-year journal? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it all got started. <laughs> wow. So you were really writing this for you. Yeah. Um, this was yeah. your own. Yeah, yeah you know, I love just, that movie. Just my own musings, rumblings, thinkings. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd ride sideways and backwards and upside down, you know, just jotting thoughts and doodling. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a real authenticity to this. I mean, I've read everything you've written, I think, uh, at least published. And, um, you know, in that movie, um, Finding Forrester, I love that movie, but he's this, <laughs> Sean Connery plays this old writer, but he has this line. It's a throw-off line. He just says to this young guy he's mentoring as a writer, and he just says, why is it that the best the best writing is the writing we do for ourselves? Uh... And, you know, the, the ones where we're just, and, and I think that's one of the things I loved about about this book about learning humility is it did feel like I mean you're really honest you're you're raw you um it's just very very real and it was refreshing I mean I've known you Richard gosh you know we've known each other for 40 years which is just amazing <laughs> we met each other in 1981 and so it's I mean so I, I know you so reading the book was like um having a conversation like hearing you talk um because I know as a writer uh, as I've watched, I've watched you write many of your books and boy, you labor, like you really, really, um, I remember when you wrote prayer, uh, cause you were here at friends, you know, at that time. And I remember you had just, you were working so hard. This one felt like it was, it was, you were, you were not that you didn't work hard on the book. I'm not saying that, but you just <laughs> like, this is just, it just came out of you, you know, uh, in a very, well, I just, I, I really, I really appreciated Brenda, Brenda that. was part of that whole process, you know, with this project, I don't know, Brenda, what you thought. As, yeah. How did uh, you come into, what was your role, Brenda, in helping with this? 
Well, I was just one of the maybe four or five people that he asked in the very beginning when he was just kind of dabbling with the idea and said, I, I think I need some people along on this journey and giving me some feedback and telling me, can, can this ever become a book? And does this speak to you? Would it speak to other readers? And so we just read chapter by chapter very slowly. He he would sp- send a chapter maybe every two or three months, really. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a very quick process of writing, but it gave us the chance to read slowly and think along with him about this topic of humility. And I know that for each one of us, it really went deep pretty quickly and caused us to really reflect and look around us as we just went about our days and think um, personally, as well as think about our culture, our society, our the church. You know, there's so many facets to thinking about with this topic. And it's one that probably for most of us, we don't think in a very uh, concerted, focused way about very often because, you know, not, not many people talk about it. It's not really brought up all that often. No, it's not. It's not a subject that you hear a great, I mean, as you mentioned, Richard, of course, when you read the classics, when you read the, the you know, the writings through the centuries, you see it quite a lot. But in modern writing, you, do, you really don't see it. You, and you, I think it also it's hard. Go ahead. You don't see it at all. I mean, if you look, especially in the uh, evangelical world, uh, Andrew Murray's book, Humility, just that single mm. word, humility, uh, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the many reasons I'm so glad for this, because it's a, it's such a crucial topic. The Obviously, the, the great saints knew it and... Right. Um, but we just don't have a lot. You know, I think it's also challenging. I, I really appreciated Ruth Haley Barton's, what she said in her endorsement of the book. She said, uh, humility is an essential and highly nuanced topic for us Christians. There are such fine lines to be found between humility and, hum- and humiliation, self-regard and self-promotion, healthy self-esteem and the sin of pride. Foster finds the line and walks it beautifully. Uh, I couldn't say that myself, Ruth. That's how I felt when I was reading, because I thought this is a hard subject because uh, there's humility, and then there is humiliation. There is you're right, uh, you're right, and 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 you 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 manage to walk that line, as Ruth said, uh, in a way. And I kept every once in a while thinking, is he going to veer off too, too far one way, or is he going? <laughs> and you really just maintained that that line uh, throughout, where I felt like, no, this is the, a healthy version of humility that's not where we're just beating ourselves up and think horribly of ourselves, uh-huh. but to think right. rightly of ourselves. Right. And um, that, that must have been a, a challenging thing to do. Well, that's why it's so important to, you know, get that root idea, humus, the earth. We mm. just uh, learn. And the first thing, remember in the, in the uh, oh, Brenda, what's the cloud of unknowing book? That right. there, mm. he said, you need to know yourself. Now, he called that an imperfect humility, which was interesting. Uh, he meant that uh, you you need, I don't know if this writer had ever read Aristotle or not, but I mean, he really understood the importance of know, know thyself, you know, that kind of teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, we have to move beyond that uh, so that our focus is God, not ourselves, and uh, and and a real humility 
has an honest view of who we are. We don't, you know, blow ourselves up uh, and we don't do the kind of worm theology of how awful I am and so on and so forth. A real honest understanding of who we are. And Mm -hmm. then we come to realize that the focus slowly gravitates, moves from ourselves to God. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know, Brenda, you do that all the time in in the work there at the church. I've been there to that church. And uh, my goodness, working with people uh, helps us to flesh this kind of stuff out, doesn't it? Hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, you know, I think through your book, we're focusing directly on the, the issue of humility. But really, if you if you stand back a little bit from the topic itself, I think this is what we're doing in our in our walk with God all the time is, you know, changing that perspective that's so focused on ourselves, maybe in a less than healthy way and putting it on God so that he can then create in us um, a, a view of ourselves and our relationship to him. And, you know, him as our creator and our friend and all the things that God is to us, just just growing more and more into a healthy sense of who we are in relation to God. So mm. I think, you know, humility mm-hmm. is, is just one more area, but it, I, I, it's not something we have to be afraid of because it's it's just part of that bigger picture of how God is, is growing us more and more into the person that we were truly created to be. Um, and it's that process of, of learning mm. that, that transformative process of him bringing us to who we really are. Good for mm. you, Brenda. That's, That's so good. true that, you know, uh, the humility is, it's, it's in the background. It's not, I mean, you don't get humility by trying to get humility. You come at it by indirection. You remember, Jim, how Dallas Mm -hmm. would teach that so often. Uh, You know, and humility is obviously one of the clearest examples of the need for indirection. Because, you know, if if you're trying to, you know, pump up humility, you know, I've doubled my humility this year. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And uh, so we learn the indirect method. For example, we learn to serve another person. And when we do that, that's a focus on, you know, uh, another human being. And doing that takes us off of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so this is all worked out you know, in, uh, in life's experience. I mean, there are things to learn and there are readings we can do. Uh, and that's helpful. Uh, in fact, the word, I mean, you're at a, at a, uh, you know, an academic institutions, uh, another word that can be transferred about humility is you're teachable. Hmm. If you're teachable, yeah. that's, you know, that's a humble posture, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. it there's, there's a posture, I think, is a great word, because it's approaching uh, 
everything with a kind of curiosity and and openness to learn and in and not having to assert yourself i mean i i think of that great quote from c.s lewis who said uh humility is not thinking less of ourselves it's thinking of ourselves less exactly and i i i I think about that a, a lot because it's not that i have to think that i'm rotten awful terrible and that's that's my path to humility it's it's uh putting my eyes on who god is the greatness of god um and and I'm nothing compared to that, you know. But yeah, uh, to, but to able to be able to see myself in the right light is 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 the way to go about it. And I love what you said too, Richard. It is it service is is definitely a way. And you wrote about that in celebration. You know, you wrote about um, you know the way of the towel and 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 how service does it kind of breaks that pride inside of me. And when I'm engaging in it, um, so and let me switch gears for a second. Uh, and, and then I want to come back to you, Brenda, and talk about the church. Um, but one of the things that uh, I think readers will find the most striking right away is that you chose to take the uh, the Lakota calendar as your framework. How, how, how did you come to, to that decision? Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Almost, I mean, if you can say it this way, a divine accident. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I began to think of a, a journal, I, you know, the old, the idea of using the uh, Latin uh, Gregorian calendar, January, February, March, just didn't appeal to me so much. And I thought, well, why don't I use a, a Native American calendar? And I just like them. I know maybe a dozen of them or so. And, and uh, the Lakota was very interesting to me. And I thought, uh, I could also learn some things culturally about mm. the Lakota people. And when I began to move that direction, uh, <laughs> it was hilarious because uh, Lakota is, a, you know, the, uh, is a oral culture mostly. And uh, so the way that they uh, teach is by uh, telling stories. And they pull out, they have 12 virtues. And the very first one, I mean, I didn't change the order or anything. The very first one is humility. And the story that they tell, I I Mm. mentioned some of it in the book, is so sweet. Uh, And that just fleshes it out wonderfully. Uh, So that's, that's how it started. And, uh, and then I began to read more, uh, you know, literature on in that, just to learn a little bit myself. And uh, so it was great fun. <laughs> well, and it, yeah, it comes across that way too. I mean, it feels it feels light. And I mean, as as the subtitle says, it's a year of searching for a vanishing virtue. So here, this is your one year journey, but you're not using the usual January, February, March, but you're using. I, I mean, the names themselves are, I mean, Aren't and they're lovely? based on the lunar calendar, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not based on the sun, but the moon. So it's the, the hard moon, the moon when the ducks came back. I mean, <laughs> I just, they're just great names. Uh, and and they, there's a kind of humility even about that phrasing because it's like, I'm not most important. It's when the ducks came back. And yeah, right. <laughs> so, so it really works out beautifully. And uh, and again, I I, I love how, you mean you write with humility because 
there are there are sentences where you just sort of say, "Well, I'm just going to keep thinking about that." You know, it's like uh, like you don't you're not saying, "Here's the definitive uh, answer." It's like you are you're you're walking along and still learning even yourself as you're writing. So it had a really lovely feel uh, to that. Brenda, let me switch to you because in terms of the church, which is where you are doing your your work in ministry, um, you know, Richard made the comment that quite often in our churches we see a real lack of humility <laughs> in ministry leaders, which, uh, but, but from the perspective of someone who's in pastoral ministry and doing formation, um, what are you seeing in terms of this issue of humility and our need for it? Well, I think, you know, like we find again and again, you know, the church is, is made up of human people who, um, who struggle, you know, we, we're human and we struggle and we live in, we live in the culture that we live in and we, you know, we have jobs and busy lives. And, um, I think, I think we soak in our culture much more than we often even realize. And, you know, I, I don't blame anyone for struggling because I think most, you know, most followers of Jesus are, have the best intentions and want to live with him and walk faithfully and, be who he wants us to be and serve him well. Um, but it's, it's so easy to get, uh, to, to get caught up in the ways of everyone around us for how, how we pursue what we feel he's calling us to and, um, how, you know, how we can make an impact in this world and, um, how we can get people to follow us so that we can do even more, for him and for the sake of the kingdom, you know, we, we have a lot of good reasons why we do these things, but I think that in all the busyness and sometimes not enough reflection and maybe not enough soaking in scripture, we sometimes detour into ways that, that he really doesn't have for us to, to, you know, bear fruit for him and to serve him and, um, live out the calling that he's given to us. So I, I just think it's really helpful to bring this topic back up as as one of many virtues that we look at and say, you know, these are these are important ways that are scriptural. These are ways that God's given us for living like Jesus, for becoming like Jesus. And humility really is the foundational one of all of them. Like Richard talks about again and again in the book, he he talks in the very beginning about um, he he prints Philippians two verses five through eight about how Jesus humbled himself and became human, you know, being found in human form, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. And if we, you know, if we would take just that passage and think about it and reflect, you know, um, spend some time in contemplative prayer with that passage and what that meant about who Jesus was without him living out that quality of humility to a point of leaving heaven to come to this earth and be human and have the confines of a human body and then submit himself to the kind of suffering that he did on this earth for us so that he could take our sin and it could be removed from us. If he hadn't done that, we would not have a savior. So humility was just vital for Jesus and, and for what he did for us. So how can we, as his followers, um, take it any less seriously. If, if it was so vital for him, it's got to be vital for the way that we live in the world today and for the way that he carries out his purposes through us in the world. I think that's just become more and more clear to me as um, in all these months of reading and reflecting and talking about humility with 
Richard and with other people, um, I really believe what Richard says, that it, it really is the foundation of all the other virtues, of all the growth that we have toward Christ-likeness. If, if, we don't, if we don't have humility and we're not committed to growing and living that out for the rest of our lives, I don't know that we can be Jesus in this world. Right. And, mm. and, and it was the Christ event, Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, Jesus' teachings, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection. You, when you watch all of that, they, they, through the centuries, saw humility as a virtue. I mean, you know, the Greeks didn't view humility in a very positive light. Uh, Aristotle didn't even mention it in his book on ethics. And uh, so... <laughs> Uh, Augustine was the key one to write about this. Uh, many others wrote about it, but uh, he was the one to really say it's, this is something that was taught us by Jesus himself. And mm -hmm. so we view it as important, as foundational to uh, character formation. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Christian spiritual formation is being formed into Christ likeness. And so, yeah, we, we that's where the aim is. The aim is to say, I, I want the character of Christ. And that's obviously humility. Being right. the same person who can say, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then go the way of the cross. I mean, you know, the, the humility uh, is is stunning. And though he was in the form of God, as you, as you quoted, Brent, I mean, he... He emptied himself, and so if, if that's the model, if that's the 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 thing we're emulating, humility is is central, and we just don't see it uh, talked about as you mentioned, Richard. And that's that's another that's why I'm so glad for this book. And and I said in my endorsement of it, I'm the better for having read it because it it just kept reminding <laughs> you were, me. You were very kind in your endorsement statement, maybe too kind. But that's no, okay. no, no, it's no, it really, it really is. And, you know, and the thing is, Richard, too, I've, like I said, I've known you 40 years and gosh, we, we have spent a lot of time together. There was a, a decade where you and I were on the road, traveling around the country doing, I think we did 56 Renovar <laughs> conferences, <laughs> toting those big blue tubs. Remember that? But, but, I, but the thing is that, that, you know, I, so I've seen you off the stage. I've, I've, witnessed your life and you are a humble person and we and that's no small thing given people, the success that you've had people need to know that we we even played a game of tennis once i we did. played with jim only once because he was so <laughs> way beyond me that if i could just get it in the court he'd say oh good shot good shot <laughs> <laughs> See, it developed humility, didn't it, Richard? You yes, got humility it did very quickly from playing <laughs> a little too much too quickly. <laughs> oh gosh, but yes. I mean, but so many things you taught me about about holiness and hilarity. You know that we could laugh and have fun and and be serious, but also just that you demonstrated that humility even in the midst of incredible success. I mean, in terms of the way people measure careers and writing, you know, all that stuff. I mean, you obviously have have. <laughs> have that's been phenomenal but to to maintain humility and I, for me to see it too has been um, a great witness you know because the things that people always say oh you worked with Richard Foster and Dallas Willard what did you learn and I always say really watching their lives was more 
I mean, not that they didn't have great teachings and books, but, but, uh, you know, living it out. So, um, I'm just grateful for you, Richard, and grateful for this book and, um, and for this, this conversation. And Brenda, thank you for your contribution to this project, because it's, it's clear that you and some others really helped uh, nurture this. And I know books take a long time to become, and we need a lot of help and support. So guys, thank you for being on the Things Above podcast, having this conversation. Well, thank, thank you for having us. And mm-hmm. it's thank always uh, been uh, lovely to just chat with you. And thanks for Brenda, because, you know, uh, at my age now, if I can get three sentences together, I <laughs> feel like I'm doing pretty good. Not There he goes. Wrong. More humility. He's doing more humility, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? But again, the book is Learning Humility, um, A Year of Searching for a Vanishing Virtue, Richard J. Foster. Go out and get this book. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, blessings to you guys. Thank you. Bless you, Jim. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Richard J. Foster. I know I did. He is amazing, and he's got this wonderful new book. I hope you check it out. Hey, folks, I want to let you know about a recent development here at Friends University where I teach. We have an undergraduate degree program in Christian spiritual formation, a Bachelor of Arts degree that's both a first and a second major. Now, I teach in this program as well as some other amazing professors, And I am pleased to announce that Friends University is offering an amazing scholarship of up to $18,000 per year to students interested in studying Christian formation as a part of their college experience. In addition to this amazing scholarship, there'll be hands-on learning with ministry leaders, working with me and others, and great opportunities for internships. Again, this is for both a first major, those who plan on going into ministry, as well as those seeking it as a second major, meaning those who are going to become accountants or therapists or graphic designers or teachers or engineers, any number of other vocations, but they also want to grow in their spiritual lives while in college and get a pretty big scholarship to help pay for college. So if you know someone who would benefit from a degree like this, check out our website, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. Again, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, What's on your mind? Your answer will be things above.